Maple Leafs forever on the Fired Up Network. Maple Leafs forever on the Fired Up Network. All right. Well, we had another victory. And that, by the way, that was Billy the Greek with his new voiceover thing. I pay him a, a whole 25 cents and he gets his voice like out there. All right. Maple Leafs forever. Leafs talk. Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers tonight. Maple, and I got to give it to Billy. I got to get, he sends me his pregame picks. He's like seven and two in the last nine games. All right. He sends me his pregame picks. I had to turn my phone sideways, but I think he had it seven, two, seven, three, and the game was seven, four. So, Billy, we're going to pass it along to you. Marty's at the Scotiabank Arena partying with March Marner there. He couldn't wear a better shirt, eh, Marty? All right. Billy, what did you think of this seven, four victory for the Maple Leafs? First of all, nice to see you guys. Nice to be back. Shout out to those of you that watch the Fired Up Network. The only thought, the prevailing thought coming out of this game for me is both teams, both teams are in the same spot. They got to ask themselves, how in the blue hell did we put two of the better rosters together in this league? You know, when you look at that ice, man, and you're talking about 10-11, 10-11, the best players in the world, how did we both end up with these these goalies and how we're going to win 16 games through the playoffs with a combination of Sansonoff, Murray, Skinner, and Campbell. Like both clubs have left themselves, both clubs have left themselves obviously susceptible. And if neither of them reaches a, either a, a conference final or a Stanley cup, you'll know the reason why. All right. Um, Marty, let's go to you. Uh, it's built as, you know, Connor versus Austin Matthews, but it should have been built as Connor versus Mitch Marner. All right. Connor, another goal, a couple assists. Mitch Marner, what did he do? Four or five assists there. What did you think? Look at him in the background. Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner outplayed Connor. What do you say? Well, first I'll go with what Billy said. He's absolutely right. Like these two teams put together some pretty good roster and their goaltending just isn't there. I, you know, Murray tonight, a couple shaky goals. Skinner, I was actually surprised they didn't start Campbell. I yeah. thought they would have started Campbell coming into Toronto, give him the start. But you know what? Who really impressed me? Yes, Marner did well. Tavares did well. Achari. Or Achari yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to call This guy is proving he might have been the guy that was the steal in that deal with O'Reilly, getting him in there because he plays on the penalty kill. Who makes He, he just shuts things down out there. Has like five or six hits today, seven shots, two goals. I really am impressed with how this kid has played since he's come with uh, the Leafs since the trade. So, you know, kudos to that kid. And, and Marner, we've talked Hold about on, this. Marty. Hold on. Yes. Can I, let me get a word in too here, man. You, It's been a long time. First of all, kudos to you for, for spotting that out. And here's the biggest piece. Obviously, obviously the goals are nice, but here's what I enjoyed. I was thinking the same thing. Here's what I enjoyed. Game game at 5-3, this guy takes it to the net with reckless abandon, with no regard for his health, no regard for his safety, and just trying to give everything he's got. To t- and that's playoff hockey right there. That's what we've been missing. That's what we've been looking for. And again, you're right on the money with Achari in terms of an under-the-radar guy that can be the difference in like a 6th, in 7th a game, right? When everybody's when everybody's locking down the other team's best players, he's the kind of guy all a all a all a Nick Paul from last year that can be a difference maker. And I gotta say this: the game for me turned around when uh, Kane went after Jake McCabe and he stood his ground. And McCabe really, we didn't have this for two three years. A guy physical defense. It doesn't matter if he wins the fight, loses the fight, a scrub, but they didn't back down from intimidation. The intimidation for the last couple years, uh, Billy, I don't have to tell you, a couple years ago when they're playing Montreal, Austin Matthews is grabbed behind the shirt and he starts laughing. He starts yeah, laughing. Yeah. And and now Jake McCabe, they, they try, you know, Kane intimidates, trying to intimidate him. And boom, they after. And Connor McDavid went after all this and they were pushing back on Connor McDavid there. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, Joe, obviously there's been a marked improvement in terms of the way the uh, way the Leafs have addressed the back end of the roster. But again, it, it still leaves something to be desired. Let's make no mistake. This is not the this is not the uh, early nineties Todd Gill Rose uh, 
uh, clear the net kind of defense. That's why the addition of Shen will be will be uh, valuable for especially come playoff times. Because for me, they still you still see a lot of Edmonton guys take a lot of liberties in front of the net, a lot of liberties. And 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 the thing with a liberty is you can take it, no problem. Like Marty Roberts, he takes it like a champ. You can take <laughs> you can take it right. But if you're gonna take if you're gonna take a liberty, you gotta end up like with with your face on the ice. Really, it's that simple. That's what hockey is. You want to take a liberty and poke the goalie and try to battle for a loose puck either today or two months from now. Fine, well, no problem. Well, hold but on, you hold got to end up on the ice, ice double J. You got to end up on the ice, and that's something again the Leafs are missing. We have a special guest who has requested to be on with you. All right, Billy, this guy knows how to muck it up in the corner. This guy is Marty. Marty, you, you better have come with a better shirt. All right. This guy can do in the corners. This is what the Maple Leafs guy missed. Here it is, Billy. Say hi to my new enforcer. Billy. Holy jeez. Look at this piece of work sliding in here <laughs> at a late hour. Yo, what's shaking, yo? What's that? What's shaking, my man? I'm doing well, and yourself? Good, man. Good. Good nice, to see nice, you. nice, nice Good to, to see you. you. You too. All right. So, uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, we're talking about the Maple Leafs uh, over the Edmonton Oilers. Give me your thoughts. And here's a guy who bows in the corner. I and like you know Marty and you know Billy, but I'm gonna go for Marty, right? When when Marty's in front of the net, do you just give him shots and cross check him and, and everything like that? How do you handle Marty Roberts in front of the net, Gil? First, you have to catch me. Yeah, that's, yeah. You, you say that again, because you know you can you can see Marty can skate around anything. Um. <laughs> Marty can skate. Billy, did you know that he can skate? Here's wow. what you gotta. I don't give a rat's ass if your name's Marty Roberts. Well, I'm not gonna say anything derogatory to Gil because those big arms might wrap around me if he catches me at Waddle. But a guy like Roberts, like a prima donna pretty boy, if he wants to, hold on. Don't interrupt me, Roberts. If he wants to come in front of the net, you know, if he wants to get in those high scoring areas, high danger areas, we he's got to be able to take a little bit of a a little bit of a stick maybe to the face. Marty, don't come into that area because you know Big Luke Shen is looking for you, buddy, and that's what the Leafs need. Obviously, on a serious note, if you're going to play playoff hockey, you need to protect that front of your net, and you need to make people pay a price. Otherwise, if you don't pay a price, right, what what stops the other guy from going there with reckless abandon? What stops the guy from poking your goaltender for giving him a wash if he's not going to get at least a face wash, Marty Roberts? So, I, again, man, I'm, I'm just leaving leave it up to you. You're the hockey guy, Marty. What do I know, man, other than pretty much everything? Your thoughts. Can the Leafs, can the Leafs with these seven guys – play the defensive style to make up for what is shaky goaltending and ultimately win 16 games come playoff time? That, you know what? That's that's a very good question, Billy, and I'm surprised that came from you. I'm, I really am. <laughs> not too often you get these good questions for Billy. And by the way, just so you see my side view, that nose is taking a shot or two in the game of hockey. So don't say I don't take the stick to the, to the face ever. Don't ever say that. Right. Anyways, you know what? You're, you're right. It's Do they have the guys back there? I – you know, I, I said it before when they made these trades that the defense with McCabe, Shen, will be able to move guys out of front of the net and hopefully give guys Murray and Samsonov that opportunity to see the puck coming in. They've done it the last few games, and these goalies still are allowing a few weak goals in here or there. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if either one of these teams, Edmonton or the Leafs, Hold on, Marty. What it takes. Marty, but what we can say is there is there – um, much improved in yes. terms of in terms of the back end in comparison to prior to the deadline. We agree there now. Are they 100%. good enough? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But 100%. they're better. Everything is. They're yeah. better. Everything, defensive forwards that they brought in, the defense for their self that they brought in, they've done everything. It's just this goaltending is, is a sticky spot for, yeah. for the Leafs, and we'll see if they can if they can do anything with it. I, I, my question is, yes, Matthews had a goal tonight, but he just doesn't look right. Yeah. He's not getting the shot off as quick as he was last year. Is he looking to pass now and try to be more of a complete player, or is it something that's wrong with him? No, I, I, I don't no. Know. I'll jump in on this one, then we'll get Gil in here with his take. But here's what I see: I gotta believe because if you take a look at the Leaf roster, it would be um, it would be um, almost impossible coming into the year to have uh, 
Matthews as the second, third. At this point in time, the the whole leaf, uh, the whole leaf hierarchy has changed. Matthews is no longer at the top of the pendulum. It's Marner, even William Nylander, in terms of uh, uh, has superseded Matthews. So the question you got to ask yourself: Number one, is he hurt? I, I my money would say that he's not one hundred percent. He's hurt. But number two. This is the first time, Gil, that we can imagine a Leaf team moving forward without Austin Matthews and still have hope that you can you can bring some pieces in. Agreed. 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 And, uh, you know, if we're talking about goaltending, you know, year after year after year after year, I mean, if you don't have solid goaltending, you don't have a chance. Let's go back to when, you know, Patrick Roy was just a kid and he was stole, stole game. He would steal game after game. That big, that game that he had against the, against the Rangers when he was just a baby. And he recalls he, he stoned them. They took a, what we call it, 40 shots. You know, uh, we call it, uh, and he 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 just stood on his head, and then that's that 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 magnificent ma magnificent series against the Calgary Flames. But you know, it, you know, we can go back, you know, with Ken Dryden. We can go back, uh, uh, you know, Grant Fuhr. If you do not have, even though we had, you know, uh, the star-studded team with Grant Fuhr and and uh, Wade, uh, sorry with um, Messier and Gretzky and Glenn Anderson. I mean, they were they were loaded. But you know what? It was the gold. It's goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. Yeah. You know? and, and that's going to be an issue because you have guys that now we're playing. We're playing. You know, a very physical style of hockey, and you have guys in front of the net. And you know, if you can't, if you can't see the puck, and, and, and sorry, if you're seeing the puck and it's going in, and very shaky goals, what's going to happen in the playoffs when you know you're getting into that, you know, that, that banging hockey, and and you know you have guys in front of the net and you can't see the puck. That's it's it's going it's going to be it's going to be difficult, you know. Yeah, Gil. Let me ask you something, Gil. Have you have you recovered? Um, have you recovered to the point where you're okay now from? Uh, from uh, Pierre Engvall leaving the Leafs, and what have you done with your Engvall jersey? He's saying who? <laughs> How about you, Marty? What have you done with your Pierre Engvall jersey? My, I, I, it's under the dog cage. <laughs> That's where it All is. All right. So, so How many? Hold on now. How many? Like, 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 take a guess. Like Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. How many Envol jerseys do you think got sold in the last year? Would you say over under fifty? How many family members do you think he has? <laughs> that could be how many jerseys he sold. Imagine you're an NHL guy and you sell under fifty jerseys, man. That's Pierre Envol, man. God bless you. Forget, forget about Pierre Envol. Let, let's get to the Maple Leafs here, okay? Uh, you guys bring up solid points with the goalie. Uh, Dubis knew that going into the trade deadline, going into the season, he did everything but address the goalie situation. Hold on. Hold on. You're wrong. You're wrong. Kyle Dubas, for all the flack he takes, right, he's also the same guy that told Campbell bye-bye and Campbell stuck in Edmonton 5-25. and 25. So if you're talking about Dubas, would you rather have him sign Campbell? You'd be in an even worse situation yeah, than you are now. Is, what I'm saying is he did everything getting the trades. All He traded the whole team, 25% of the team. But the one upgrade he needed the most, when you go into the playoffs, it's goalie. Well, he, okay. he did what the defense he could have done. He, he who was available? Hold on, Joe. Who was so? Would you rather have Quick from Los Angeles in net at thirty-seven because he was the only goalie apparently available? He's the only goalie that moved, so that's the only guy in reality that you could have that you you could have went out and got for a song and dance. So would you rather have him in net than the combination they have now? Well, first, uh, before I answer that, I'll ask Marty and I'll ask, uh, I'll ask Gil. Marty, would you have quick? Nah, you know what? If if it was ten years ago, yeah, I'd have quick. But no, you but know, to have it would, him be, would be have, an upgrade over no, Sansa no, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't be. If he was an upgrade over those two, then the Kings would have kept them in their net. So I, I don't think uh, quick would have been that upgrade. And like Billy said, you know what was out there anyways this year for free agent signings for goaltenders. And Point. for trades, there was no one. Like, yes, everyone would have liked to go to Nashville and get their goalie. They would like to go to Vancouver. Those guys weren't trading their goalies. So he had to look a different way. He did it. We got to hope now that this goaltending 
Gets hot. Is at least good enough to get them into the second round. All right, Gil, what do you say? I, I think that Matt Marty makes a valid point. I mean, you, you can, I mean, it's not like okay, you, you, you think that these GMs, I mean, you know, they're not hired because they're idiots. So the bottom line is that you know they, they got the best available talent that's out there. We can only hope that he just gets hot. You know what I mean? We can only hope that you know somehow you know you know he gets hot and he plays you know he plays up you know over and above that you know his his level and uh, you know he he just stands on his head or something but you know but right now from what i'm seeing uh, i don't i don't you know it doesn't look overly promising you know as far as uh you know pushing you know the goaltending that's the steady goaltending that they need i'm not seeing that right at this point all right, so I'm going to ask Billy this because at, on Fired Up Live, Marty was on here with Gil, and I, I sort of broke a story. A friend of mine who's oh. an agent told me that no matter what, Austin Matthews have gone to do this and said, uh, I want, and I, he gave a certain date, you have to sign me by this date, it's in August, or else he's gone, and he's gone from the Maple Leafs. So, and Marty speculated, and he's right, Austin Matthews wants fourteen to fifteen million dollars a year, somewhat like I pay you, Billy. So, what do you think? What do you think of that? Do you let Austin Matthews, if they don't sign him by August, do you trade him? Do you let him walk? What do you do? I for for me to make that decision, I'm not making it on March 10th, 12th, wherever we are today. I'm not, that decision is going to be made after I see the man play the last 15, 16 games and take me through a playoff run. Then I can make a decision when I find out in my in my mind exactly who he is. And again, those guys know behind the scenes whether he's playing injured or what have you. So I don't make that decision until this story is written come uh, come May and June when the playoffs when the playoffs are on. But here's what I would say in terms of the Leaf goaltending for Leaf fans that that might um, that might try to try to find a a, uh, a glimmer of hope in in the goaltending situation. Matt Murray is a Stanley Cup champion, even though it was a lifetime ago. Maybe. And maybe you can hold on to that experience and the fact he's done it before and to, as, as a way to, to reassure uh, Leaf fans that are anxiety-ridden, much like Marty Roberts there, with the Toronto Don Jill yellow T-shirt from his time back in the uh, back in the late 80s, man, when he was like, not the guy he is today. Welcome back, Marty Roberts. All right. So uh, anything, Marty, you want to touch on your Pittsburgh Penguins today? And, and let's go NHL and then we'll get... Uh, because we have some questions about baseball here, and uh, and Billy wants to wear uh, the shirt that the pitcher from uh, from uh, what is it Venezuela is wearing. Okay, well, five shirts uh, buttoned down. He was talking about that pro- uh, off the air. Uh, you know, Gil, he wants to have a body like you. So go ahead, Marty. Uh, any anything anything that you want to touch on with your Pittsburgh Penguins or NHL today? Well, the, the Penguins came out. The Smith made a big save to keep them ahead two one. Then they end up opening it up late in the game. They won 5-1, exactly what they need to do to stay ahead of the Islanders and anyone else behind them. So they did what they had to do today, the Penguins, and we'll see if they can stay above Islanders, Florida, all the rest of those teams going into the wild card spot. Yeah, here's another piece, Joe. Here's an here's another piece that's interesting. If you take a look at if you take a look at what's going around or uh, what's going on around the league, you'll see that. Every single day, uh, Stamkos apparently went down in the third period. Every day, Tampa Bay stock is is diminishing. Like as the days go by, the Leafs become more and more prohibitive favorites over that Tampa Bay team. And you've seen in the last couple of weeks or so, even Boston a little bit. They're starting to starting to slow down. I know slow down. They're fifty and nine, but you see them down two against Detroit. You see them lose a game with them. So even Boston showing us some cracks and Tampa Bay's coming in here. And especially if Stamkos is out for a long time, Tampa Bay's going to come into Toronto to open game one as prohibitive underdogs. And if the Leafs don't beat Tampa Bay this year, um, you might as well at this point in time, just like just fold the franchise, Gil. Just blow it up, man. If you can't win this year, man, when? When? You just got to just gotta make it happen on the ice. Well, you know what? I'll tell you something. Tonight you saw something. We talked about that yesterday, and I, t- I, I, I touched on Mitch Marner's IQ. And you saw tonight, you know, he's like a quarterback on the ice. You know, sort of thing. You know, he's like a point guard. And the way he dishes, the way he sees, 
you know something if he if he can play like this consistently throughout the throughout the playoffs he he gives he, he gives the offense that spark and yeah. he, if an other offense that you, you don't you, you don't you can't it's very very difficult to play against a player like that that has that kind of IQ and sees everything before yeah. you but the thing about it that then he has these games where you know but you yeah. you see you see what kind of what, what kind of player this guy is and he just, if the coaching or the coaching the coaches they challenge this guy to be the man and not play behind Austin Matthews, but yeah. be the man and be the spark club. Because you saw the passes, the way he was passing, the way yeah, he yeah. the ice. I'm telling you, if, 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 if he goes into the playoffs and he turns that switch on, and then he's and he says, "Okay, I'm 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 pushing this team through." I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to tell you something. The Leafs, the Leafs are going to be a different team. So you're telling me, you're telling me, Gil, that in your estimation, that that uh, Mitch Marner has become the 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 alpha on this Maple Leaf team and yeah, surpassed he Matthews. He can he can he can be he can be if he consistently plays the way he can with his vision with his vision and his IQ, he can be the X factor because think about he does things even away. From the puck, he 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 buys time. He he, he draws defenders over. It, it, it's his vision, okay. And yep. then what will and that will and that will buy more ice for Austin Matthew. All right, Billy. Anything in NHL uh, that you want to touch on? Again, we're again. I think we've covered pretty much pretty much what it is that we that, that we needed to address. Leafs got Leafs uh, got a shot. What else you want to talk about, Marty? Any given day, right, anybody? Hold on, hold on, Billy, Billy, hold you on, know, hold on. you know how again, it goes. Again, the Maple Leafs beating Edmonton seven four tonight. You could watch Billy's show Monday seven p.m. with a guy who puts you to sleep half the time, Norm Rumack. Who's the special guest this week? <laughs> We're trying See, to Gil like that. Kill, Gil. Has Norm Rumack put you to sleep lately? Uh, I'm not going to really comment on that. But all I right. Mean... So every yeah. yo, hold every on, Monday, hold on. Hold on. When you're talking about, go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a word in. Let me get a word in here. <laughs> when you're talking about Mister, and that's not story. It's Mister Rumac to you, Double J. No, the no, esteemed. No. Hold on. The esteemed <laughs> veteran, the borderline Hall of Famer. Even though he's lost a step or nine, it doesn't really matter because just his name alone, man, makes people talk makes people walk, they gather to their TV sets, and then they say, you know what they say, what the hell happened to this guy? That's right. All right, so what <laughs> do we have on To your point, he's still the storm. That's, that's Norm Rumack, man. That's Norm Rumack, and no matter what you say, neither of us, any of us four on this box will never be in terms of what Norm Rumack was to, to the sporting industry. We'll never, we'll never be able to wash his shoes, even though that guy's got one foot in the grave, let's be honest. We, none of us, doing this. We do this for fun. Norm Rumack was the biggest thing since sliced bread in Toronto in 1989, man. And you can't take that away from him. Double no, J. 1989, no, you couldn't. But in, in, in 2000, I, I like I carried him. And now in 2023, <laughs> you're carrying him. And 2033, Miller Shoes is going to carry him. And then Marty Roberts is just going to drive him to, on the TTC there. All right. But who do you have on Monday? You're, I built this anticipation. Who do you have on Monday? Spe special guest we're gonna we're gonna be touching base with our roots and that's a harness industry so stay tuned monday at 7 p.m big big stuff going on and as always on there post a classic as uh as provided by a a dear friend of the show so we'll be doing it again uh monday at 7 p.m with uh with rumac follow me on facebook live and and while you do so again you can be privy to the uh to the uh sporting information i deliver you know i'm not really a sportscaster but I could be your financial advisor, Marty Roberts. You follow me in my sports picks, it'll be a good return on investment. But we'll leave that for another another conversation and another I, I time. We have a financial really? advisor, Alan Small, here. But also, uh, Billy, you don't know this. Gil, go ahead, tell tell Billy where you can what's your show about here on the Fired Up Network, and tell Billy to watch because Billy, between seven fifteen and seven forty five, when the other guy gets only one question in. 
right? He falls asleep. So during that time, tell them what to watch. Look at that. Look at the guns on Billy. Not like the milk judge on, on Marty. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, first of all, look, did you see him flex? We've been secretly working out, huh? Yeah, <laughs> on cheeseburgers. We've been on the plan, eh, secretly. So, so, so you know, uh, I think that we're we're gonna me and Billy are gonna stay on the down low. But Billy, I want to tell, want to ask you. You hear about the the billion dollar we call it, uh, a facility they're building with with a racetrack and and the casino. Yeah, and that's at Woodbine. Yeah, yeah. How about yeah. that? Eh? So, uh, absolutely exciting exciting time for for the entire industry. And again, it's a it, it, it's a place in the world that, that usually has a niche market, right? And yeah. hopefully the introduction the introduction to thoroughbreds in that game can be done to uh, on, on a different level and hopefully attract more people. And then you guys can end up like me, 49 years old and broke. <laughs> All right, we won't touch that. We won't touch it. But I thought you're making millions with your bets. Listen, I told you, I... There is a, when you're a degenerate gambler like me, it doesn't matter what I know. It doesn't matter. Like no matter what, when you when you got the genes that I got, you're gonna go broke one way or another, right? But if you followed the, my information and had a little bit of discipline over the years, guaranteed you're making three, four, five times your money, man. And that's not that's not hyperbole. Those are the facts, right? Sixty-seven percent bet in football, sixty-seven to seventy percent bet in everything else. But the only way that a guy like me can win is if I go a hundred percent, and ain't nobody in God's green earth that can do that. We have a wait, wait a second, wait a second. I put your picks in. I put your picks in. I would call it in the, on the NFL Sunday. I went six percent. We talking about <laughs> against the spread? Six percent. Sixty-five percent, Gil. Six percent was Marty's uh, grade point. Was his average in school in math class? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a question from your fellow Greek, Anthony K. Here, who wants to ask Billy. I don't know how to say it in Greek, so I'm going to say it in English. He wants to ask Billy, what uh, are your thoughts from uh, the Chicago? His team is the Chicago Bears, training the first overall pick to the mm -hmm. Carolina Panthers. And of course, they got other players for it. But go ahead, Billy. What are your thoughts? Obviously, obviously, when you're at the top of the draft class, right? The first thing you look about there's there's three quarterbacks going one, two, and three. So the first question you ask yourself if you're Chicago, if you're a Chicago Bear GM or personnel, is is Fields our starting quarterback? Yes or no? Can we get anything for Fields? Yes or no? So you answer those two questions. If Fields is your guy, obviously, obviously, you're looking to trade that pick. Now, was Carolina the best offer that you can get? And here's the important thing, why I think it might work, because you get Carolina's first pick this year, and you might get the first overall pick next year from Carolina, man, because Carolina's in rebuilding mode. They're going to have a young quarterback, and Carolina's got a 22% chance to finish last in the league next year. they got a 22% chance to end up 2-15 and 15 next year. So the Bears will inherit Carolina's first-round pick, and if that happens, then it's a good trade. Too early to tell. all depends on where Carolina finishes this year. And they need offensive line help. They need everything. They yeah. need they need everything, Gil, over there. That that whole team, they give away DJ Moore. The receiver, the receiving core is thin. McCaffrey obviously traded last year. You got you got pretty much nothing in, in Carolina except a except a, a a lot of pain coming. But like you said, you, you gotta have a you're gonna have a young quarterback and he's running for his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. no, man. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, – it looks like they traded the first overall pick to uh, Carolina there and all that. And, by the way, a side note, I don't know if you know this, Marty. Uh, I like the Buffalo Bills. Edmonds and Porter are gone from the Buffalo Bills. Book it, bank it, whatever. I have inside information. Edmonds, a great player for the Buffalo Bills, and Porter is a, it was even better. They're gone from the Buffalo Bills. I know Marty is is uh, is disappointed because Edmonds may end up in Washington. One year your Buffalo Bills might win the Super Bowl. Might win. Just not, one might, might win. Might win. Uh, Who's going to win the Super Bowl first? Buffalo or the Leafs win the Stanley Cup? What's going to happen first? What's going to – the Bills win the Super Bowl or at least win the Stanley Cup? Yep. Well, I'll tell you what happens first, all right? I'll tell you what happens first. Norm Rumack comes around and bounces again and starts having a good show. That's what I know. That's what I could bank on there, all right? Uh, Buffalo, you know what I'll come is on. You'll be pee-fizzling 
and dizzling with Mr. P. Fizzle if the Bills win. I don't know who that guy was. I had to I had to bar it's a friend of You should have let him go. You should have let him go. First of all, first of all, hold on, hold on. First of all, if you heard Poyer with some of his comments, obviously didn't endear himself much to the uh to uh, Bill's Mafia in Western New York, a lot of comments about the weather, about other kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, boys, that as a professional athlete, if you had to pick a destination where where you wanted to, to be employed, like even for us, if we wanted to be employed, right? Buffalo, you're talking about Buffalo, Western New York, Chiktawaka, Lakao. You're talking about Buffalo. And the only thing that I can compare to, Buffalo is slightly better in terms of a market and a place to live than Winnipeg. Slightly better, man. You're talking about you're talking about they used to call Buffalo the armpit of America and it still is. It's the worst. Nothing happening in town. There's five streets downtown, blizzards of ten feet. Where would you rather play, man? In Orchard Park or go play in Miami, man, and chill on the beach, man, and make your money. Come on. Smarten up double J. Why are you so sour on Winnipeg? Who, who wouldn't be sad? I'm just telling the truth, man. Don't shoot the messenger. In terms of in terms of like uh, travel destinations, the Winnipeg tourism, there's probably been less than a dozen people that have been to Winnipeg in their lives on vacation, man. Can you imagine telling the missus, hey sweetie, come on, pack up your shit. We're gonna go uh, we're gonna go to Winnipeg to spend a romantic weekend. She'll give you a slap <laughs> and she'll send you out of the house. So would you rather be in Australia then? Uh, uh, Joe, you ask questions where you know you want me to talk about the Gooch Carry Goulet, but I I'm not going to do it. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know. Look, man, when you live in Scarborough, Ontario, you'd rather be anywhere in the world except Western New York and Manitoba. All right. Enough of that. All right. Enough of that. Uh, Marty, you'll start us off. Uh, are you watching the World Baseball Classic? Um, uh, USA was down. When uh, when me and, and Billy were talking off air, now they're coming up. Uh, are you watching the World Baseball Classic? Are you up for it? And and like and like Billy said, why don't why didn't you make the Great Britain pitching team? I want to know that. First of all, I'm not from Great Britain. That's why I never I made know. it. Like they got some people like Danny Valencia. They'll have root. They have roots to go back Hold there. On. Danny Valencia, former Blue Jay, is playing for Israel. Valencia, Israel. Well, he, he obviously has a family member somewhere in yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from Israel. A champion for AEW. My, my, you know what? Marty, Marty would still get a squad if Newfoundland sent a baseball team. <laughs> but I think I think Greece is there, are they not? Why, why are you not there, Billy? Uh, you know what? If we turn back the clock 20 years ago, man, I'd have been I'd have been right there, man. Right in the dugout, man. But yeah. What about uh, this guy is? He, Marty, I'm asking you a question about Great Britain. Why you bring Greece in? You're on my lock. Come on. Okay. Hey, good friend of mine used to was the coach two two times ago for WBC when uh for Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that, Marty? Daryl Reed. Daryl Reed was coach there with uh Sam Dempster for Great Britain two WBC ago. All right. So you're telling me you're telling so me I gotta, reader, I gotta hook in. I gotta hook in there. So you're telling me, reader, reader who now coaches Durham College and uh, coached the Great Britain uh, professional baseball team. Yes. So in other words, this guy's just glutton for punishment. Does he ever win? <laughs> he would if he went to East York. He might win a few games, right? You better believe it. You better believe it. Open invitation to Mr. Reed. I'm a big fan of yours. If you want to come jump on board East York, we've got a spot. We've got the first base box wide open. You're more than welcome to to, to join the ride over at Stan Wadlow Park. Here, like you're saying, Joe, U.S. up 5-1 now in Great Britain. I was watching the the Venezuela-Dominican game. Yeah. Venezuela wins at 5-1. Dominican loses their next game. They're in trouble. Top two teams are only getting out of that division. So Dominican better smarten up a little bit to lose the Venezuela. Now, Venezuela had a very good team. They, they do have a good team. But to lose 5-1 in your opening game when you had your main guy, Alcantara, on the mound and you lost 5-1, there's going to be some uh, heavy thinking going into their next game. That is for sure. And, Billy, uh, we were talking before we went on the air. Uh, the game of the day, from from what I saw, uh, Colombia-Mexico, they're yep. really, really good game. Yeah. Uh, Billy, I'll go to you and then go to Martin Gill. Go ahead. What do you think of that game? <laughs> 
what I love to see, and again, unfortunately, given given the way um, given the way this conflicts with spring training, and again, again, taking a lot taking a lot of weight for what potentially can be in a perfect world, this can be an unbelievable tournament. A again, if it was if it was situated differently in terms of the uh, in terms of the time it took place, the fact it's taking place at spring training's taking a, a lot away from it. But you gotta love, man. Like you watch sports, man. Like either up close or over through the tube, you gotta love when you see passion, country, enthusiasm, guys going after it, man. That's that's what makes your hairs uh, stand up as a as a sports fan. And we see that in the WBC, and unfortunately, we see it more with the uh, more with the Japanese fans, Venezuelan, South America, than we do with our side. Here's the question I wanted to ask, and I want to get Marty's take. Uh, a big day for for Ontario baseball, Marty, the new market kid. Getting the start against the USA, um, getting the start against the USA. Your reaction, first of all, on the kid, you've seen him pitch, Brad, you've seen him pitch before. What's it going to be like for a kid like him facing this USA lineup? Well, Brad's, I think he's only 19, maybe 20 years yeah. old now. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be a really good one. It's going to be tough to face that squad. Like he faced the Cubs a few days ago, pitched all right there. He's, he's going to be an awfully good pitcher. He'll be in the big leagues one day. But to face that lineup come Monday with all those guys in there, it might be a little bit of nerves creeping in in that first inning. But he might be able to hold his own. He's, he's a pretty damn good pitcher. I've seen him throw a couple times. And they didn't give him all that money in, in Texas for nothing. They have that feeling. And now with Canada being that opening day starter for them, it wouldn't surprise if he goes up and throws a couple – uh, inning goose eggs up there against the state. Where does he sit in terms of his stuff? Uh, uh, velocity, location, where is he? he? He's, I think he's 92, 93 fastball wise, you know, good control. He, he's going to be a good one. Like I said, he's just young. Like he's just out of a ball. That's all he is. Yeah. He's a ball. He's going to be facing guys that are MVPs in major league baseball. So it's going to be tough. But like I said before, as much as I think Canada doesn't have a shot in this, These young guys could come in and just say, hey, we deserve to be here. Marty, I, I want to ask you a question. I think I asked you before, but when you were pitching, what did you top at? 90, 89, 90, 91? 90. Yeah, 90 is the highest 90. I topped at. 80, 90. 86, 87 is where I, where I sat. That's what he's saying. 90. 90. 90. 90. You know what they yeah. had? Hold on. Hold on. This guy's trying to tell you 90. You know what they had back then? You know, instead of a, instead of speed guns, they had like those those guns that you use, like traffic cops use to measure. 90. This guy couldn't break a plane of glass, man. He'd be lucky. He'd be lucky to top out at 84, 85, man. And that's the truth. Sorry to burst your bubble, kid. Well, your, your, radar gun, your, your radar gun in the in the penal system wasn't the exact ah. same as in in well uh, done. that well I done. used to. Well done. You want to <laughs> you, you want to hear the truth? I'm going to give the truth as usual. No shame here. I yours truly, the Greek. Pay attention, Gil. This is important stuff. I walked in with my Timberlands, man. You know, hat sideways. At the age of 18, I was just grooming myself to. To, to bigger and better things. So at the Eden Center, they had that little, uh, the baseball with a with a zone. So, you know, I took that baseball, cocked it back, man, to wind up, and it was, a let's just say it was 130 plus kilometers, broke the record, broke it all at the Eden Center. So I hold the record for the hardest pitch ever thrown at the little Eaton Center Fair in the uh, fall of 1993, man. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Marty Roberts. At, at the Eaton Center, it was in kilometers an hour. I do remember what, that. 139, buddy. When what it, is that? That's you, impressive. When you used to go to the XA, remember when you used to go to the X and you used to have, you know, you had to guess your speed and you get the yeah. helmet? Did the yeah. helmet ever fit your head? <laughs> I don't think it ever fit your head. It was a little, it was a little snug. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> hey, looks like we we lost Joseph. His uh, internet connection must have went out or something. But we're allowed to keep talking here. Yeah, here we go. It never got better, man. Finally, it took us it took us years to get rid of this guy, man, to really have a good sports show, eh? So uh, I had to go back. He had to go back to be Mister P Vizzle. What's That's your call? To be. Canada, Britain. What's your call tomorrow? The game tomorrow. Marty, I, I think Canada it. wins tomorrow. I think Canada wins tomorrow against against Great Britain. I really do. Yeah, it's that Monday game that's going to be 
everyone's going to watch that Monday game. As much as, you know, it's going to be a tough go for the Canadians, like playing the States, Canada, no matter what sport it is, it's always a battle between whatever team it is when it's Canada, USA. So I'm looking forward to that. I think tomorrow they win in that, that Great Britain game. They got they you they got Freeman, they got O'Neill, they got a bunch of guys there that, that have MLB experience. So I think they win tomorrow's uh game against Great Britain. And there's a nice storyline, eh, with the picture the 40-year-old pitcher that's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Oh, uh actually. Yeah, so there's a nice little storyline there too going on. And I think that he might be a stabilizing force for a lot of the younger uh you know, a lot of the younger players that, you know, uh, we call it they're coming up. And they're playing actually in the in the uh, in the tournament. Astros has been around for a long time. Exactly, a very long time. I think, right? that'll be, I think that'll be very helpful. Twenty years, as a matter of fact, he he debuted twenty years ago, almost to the day. So so again, you have a guy, you have a guy like that, and like imagine you're you're a kid like Brad. That's you. Uh, Axford was pitching when you were when you weren't even born, right? So obviously, guys like that get an impact. You like them around, but at the end of the day, can you throw baseball? What I've seen, my my biggest takeaway from the uh, WBC is the fact that the world's best pitchers, except if you look at that guy Japan throwing 102 with splitters and striking out nine guys in three innings, the best pitchers in the world are not at this tournament, right? And that's the one thing that's taking away from the quality of the baseball. All the number one guys, like look at the USA roster. Okay, well, Adam Wainwright, he's he's not yeah. chopped liver. But Adam Wainwright would probably be the 40th or 45th best pitcher in Major League Baseball, if that, right? And he's the ace of the USA staff. So, again, until, until they find a way to get the best pitchers and the best players, and if they ever do, this would be one hell of a tournament, man. One hell of a tournament, right? It's a teaser right now. It's just a teaser with some guys in, some guys out. We want to see best. On best, on best, right? And you know what? You'll probably never see it in your life unless they figure out when you're going to do this. Yeah, the right. argument is you want to do it, Marty, after 162 games? That's asking a lot of the players. You want to take a, a two-week All-Star break? That's asking a lot. You can't. They, we've seen it. doesn't work in spring training. So when does Marty Roberts, because he's a little smarter than the average bear, when does Marty Roberts want to have this tournament for maximum value and, and, and in terms of the quality of the ball? You know, I always wanted it in October. That's when I want it to start. Right after the World Series, you, you go into it. But I also see it could work if you push the start of the season off two weeks. So the start of April, you do the WBC. Then you start your Major League season. That might entice a lot of these other players to come out. But again, a lot of these guys don't want to get injured going into their season. So that's why I always thought at the end of October... When the World Series is done, then they go and do it. There's no worry about, hey, I'm going to get injured before my season. My commitment is to my team that's paying me, obviously. I think October is the best time for this, but you might be able to get me going at the start of April as well. And you're right. In October, at least, at least if you do get injured, you have some time to rehab. Yeah, yeah and I guess, I, I, again, the big devils, I, I, I guess – you're asking guys in October, guys that have pitched 160, 180 innings. To, no matter no matter when it happens, obviously cash is king and major league teams are gonna gonna treat these guys as their properties and their investments. And no matter how you no matter how you stage it, when you stage it, unless there's a monetary uh, and there's there's something monetary to make that that sacrifice and put your players at at the risk of injury, nothing will change. This is the WBC and how it always looked moving forward. All right, uh, next week, man, Billy, here is Gambling Anonymous here. Next week starts March Madness. March Madness, all right? I know Billy's going to have his brackets there. Marty's going to have his brackets. Gil, he, Gil, when he sees the March Madness, he gets on the court, beats up everybody. He wins the tickets and everything like that. I'm going to try to get uh, Drew Ebanks on there, Captain Canada, find out if he really is Captain Canada, and put some shekels in Marty and Billy's pockets. But uh, let's start off with Billy. I know I know what you're going to say. I already know what you're going to say. Give me, give me a dark horse. I'm not gonna say the favorite. Give me a dark horse for you. I like a on, honestly. If I had to look for a real dark horse, I would take a, I, I would take a flyer on Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Lawyers. And jo Patrick Ewing is gone. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. What? He's gone. What? Yeah, he's gone. He's he's gone. No, no. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. 
All right. So so let's get to the NBA here. Uh, Billy, you want to start us off? Raptors again, complaining about the referees, losing to the Clippers, losing to the Lakers, now coming back and okay. playing Tuesday here at Scotiabank Arena against Denver, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, go ahead. Um, Hold on. Marty knows. Marty can speak on this because we've sat on the same bench together and we've coached. He knows I'm I, I, I'm not belligerent when it comes to to umpires and you have my moments, but I'm not really belligerent. But if you watch Foster and the way he called that game a few uh, about three, four nights ago and the technical foul on Scotty Barnes, you got to ask yourself, man. Does this guy, is this guy on the take? Does this guy have a little bit of cash on the side? It's like when you have a guy like that that's calling that kind of that kind of game, and again, don't laugh and joke because there's been an NBA guy who, uh, back, uh, back a couple of decades ago that was on the take. It's very easy for a guy with a whistle to control the outcome of the game, and that Foster guy for me, he's got to be reprimanded. You just can't. You just can't decide who wins and loses a game and call technicals because you got sensitive when a guy said something to you in the heat of the battle. Come on, man. Thirty thousand dollar fine to Fred Van Fleet for that. All right, and he said he's going to take the fine, but thirty thousand dollars. Come on, and uh, all right. Uh, do you think even if the Raptors make the play in, Billy? I'll start off with you. Even if the Raptors make the play in, do you think they can do anything in the playoffs? There's a 3% chance that they can do anything. For maybe as high as 5%. I don't know. If Fred Van Fleet shoots out of his mind, if you get a little bench contribution, obviously you watch the Raptors play. They play toe-to-toe -to -toe with Denver, toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Clippers, even the Lakers. They play toe-to-toe -to -toe with everybody. But here's the problem. They only got six guys that play basketball. Their bench is invisible. Every time every time their bench gets subbed in, the game, the game switches, as you saw against LA, as you saw against Denver. So... No matter what, they're not deep enough. Can your six guys play 44 minutes a game in a playoffs? I don't know. No. Marty, you want to chime on here? You know, I haven't watched very much basketball all year. I just don't find there's much flow. So, I don't know. Going back to the referees, Billy's right. Like, in the NBA, it seems anytime someone says something to a referee, they tech them up. You look at the NFL. I don't really see the NFL ever throwing a flag on a guy commenting to – uh, yeah. Yes, the referees are, are very not as good as well in the NFL, but they do take a lot of punishment, never throw a flag, never give anything. But the NBA guys, as soon as you say something to them, it's a technical. Instead of just walking away and leaving it, to me it didn't look like Scotty Barnes did much of anything, didn't say anything, very loud for anyone to hear it. And then he tossed them out of the game at a crucial point in that game. You're one of your best players is gone. And I think they were only down about two or three points at that time, so – yeah, NBA referees uh, are a bit iffy at times. Right, as for the Raptors making it to the – I don't think they make the play-in. So, uh, simple as that. I don't think they make the play-ins. All right, Gil, what do you have to say about the NBA and, and every the future of uh, basketball, put it that way? Oh, you know, I mean, NBA is one of the best marketed, you know, um, sports in the world. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be just fine, you know, sort of thing. But, you know, as far as, you know, refereeing, you know, you, listen, you know, just you, you go out, you play, you play hard, you're going to get calls. You're going to get calls against you. You're going to get calls calls that are going to be for you. Uh, you know, there's that's heightened passion, passion, passions. And emotions, you know, in a game, and but the end of the game, you just you just have to play, you know. Fred Van Vliet, you know, he's you know he was he's upset about something, and you know, and, and um, perhaps it's justified, but you know, you just gotta you gotta move on, and you gotta you gotta have a short memory, you gotta play, you know, look, you know, and he's got a lead, you know, sort of thing, and you know, I, like I said before, I don't fault him for what he's saying, and you know, and the referee, he's he's got a he's got a job to do. Uh, and but moving forward, you got you got to lead. You got to lead your team. You know, sort of thing. And you, that that can't you can't let that be in a, a distraction in any way, shape, or form. Have a conversation with the referee. You know, before a game or after the games, straighten it out so that so basically you don't have referees because targeting your team because you know these things can happen. They're human beings, sort of thing. But um, you know, once again, this is not a slight against against you know against his his stance. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I believe to a certain degree, 
it, it is warranted and everything that Marty has just said, you know, it is warranted. But at the end of the day, you know, sort of thing, you got to go out and play, getting paid an enormous amount of money. There's just fans that have paid, paid a lot of money to come and see you play. And that's what you got to do. But at the same time, you can't let it be a distraction. You got to, you got to go out there and you got to play. And especially if you are a leader, you can't let that be a distraction whatsoever sort of thing. And then, and especially at this time of the year where you're on the cusp of get going into the playoffs, they got a young team. They have a very young team. Uh, they're still rebuilding. You know, you have Scotty, Scotty, Bar- Scotty Barnes, who, you know, he's still a very young player uh, with a, t- a tremendous amount of potential. Uh, for the rest of the guys, they're still very young. And uh, Nick Nurse is working with a young team. Uh, so as far as, you know, their, their playoff run, I don't think it's going to be this year. And then, and, you know, they, and they also need maybe another leader or two that, you know, that's battle-torn. Because that's just a big part of it, you know. Get, when you're going into the playoffs, it's a, it's a different game. The speed of the game it speeds up, you know, sort of thing. It's, you're not playing, you know, regular season basketball sort of thing. So there's many factors that go into it. So uh, for this year, I'm, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not seeing a playoff run this year. But, you know, in the next, you mean in a couple of years, you know, getting, getting the right pieces, you know, the Raptors are going to be okay. But not, not, I don't think they're going to, you know, this, this, this particular will be the year that they're going to win, bring, bring home an NBA championship or anything. All right, Billy, we have a question from fellow uh, Fired Up Network employee, former boxer Matt Dion. He wants your take of uh, the Oscars tomorrow. Who's going to take home the Oscar tomorrow? Give me your big Oscar take homer. <laughs> hold on. Hold on, Double J. The question. Let me ask Dion this. Hey, I'll answer the Oscar. Is it is it suitable? Is I want to know. Like I think my dog is is not okay, and I'm gonna tell you why. He likes a he likes to drink a, a big bowl. There he is, right there. Look at him. Is it safe for a dog to drink a big bowl of Coke Classic every day? <laughs> Look at him. Listen, I used to do that four four times a day, and nothing. Marty, wrong. is that is that okay for a dog? Well, you know, better that than alcohol. No. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All Good right, ask the question from Matt Dion. Go ahead, Billy. Hey, this is a if you want to ask that question, tune in, uh, tune in in a half an hour when we do the Oscar show. This is sports, pal. <laughs> don't don't Dion, you're a big boy, I know what you're doing. Don't waste the freak's time with silly questions, please, man. Keep it to sports. All right. And uh, by the way, Billy, I don't know if you know this. Tomorrow, is it tomorrow, Marty? Tomorrow, uh, I go into Scotiabank Arena to watch Journey. All yep, right, tomorrow's Gil. the Journey concert. Hold on, hold on. Gil wants to, you know, he he's making his appearance again on the Fired Up Network. He's here with Billy, and he remembers Billy sued for Dion's boxing event and all that. But Gil, I hear you want to sing some Journey songs, so go ahead, and shock the world, show everybody you you got Canadian got talent, America got talent, Europe got talent, Greek got talent. Go ahead, show the world that you know how to go sing. viral, Gil. Give it everything you got, baby. Go viral, kid. <laughs> Come on, Gil. I'm, I'm going to call the producer make a close-up. All right? You ready? Go ahead, Gil. This is never going to happen. <laughs> Billy, Billy, come on. Marty tells me you sing with the best of them, right? Come on. Dog will come tell you. Come on, give me. If, if 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 the day ever comes, and again, man, I've stayed away from the sauce for about eleven years. But I'll tell you this: if the day ever comes, and I, I consume a a little bit of alcohol moving forward, and I get a little loose, I'll come on and sing for you, man. But until that day comes, I don't dance, I don't sing, I don't move sober, pal. If you want me to dance and sing and do all that jazz, man, I got to be liquored up, man, and I ain't drinking these days. And you're not even on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marty, since you're going to be at the, the Journey concert, yeah. I'm not going to tell you to sing, but give me two or three of your favorite Journey songs as we close it out here on Fired Up Live on our Fired Up Network. Go ahead. You're, you're you're putting me on the spot here now. Like, uh, Come on, you're going to the concert, man. I'm going, I'm going to the concert, Marty, you know. Marty, hold on, hold on. I got a question for you. Is it, got, isn't there Ice Ice Baby sang by Journey? No? No, no, that's Vanilla Nice. By the way, last <laughs> week you were at the 90s concert featuring yep. Vanilla Nice, right? What role yep. were, were, did you have good seats? How much did you pay for those tickets? Well, see, seats for 
Uh, I love the 90 tour where $78, I think. $78. You hear this, yep. Billy? $78 for the I love 90s tour. Okay, whatever. All right. How much are you paying for the tickets tomorrow at the Scotia Bank Arena? $125. Now, listen to this, Billy. Isn't he overpaid on the Fired Up Network? $78, $125. This guy's yeah. making more money than me, yeah. you and you combined. You're talking about when you're talking about a one two five for Marty Roberts. That's basically a one trip from uh, from uh, I don't know, say Highway Seven down to down to about uh, down about Bloor Street, man. This guy makes more. This guy makes more <laughs> money than the four of us put together. As a matter of fact, if you looked under Marty Roberts' couch, you'd be surprised, man. There's a lot of twenties hanging there, and the only way they come out is if something's in it for him. If either he's entertained, he'll pay a little bit of money or for a big fat steak. Otherwise, man, you got the cheapest guy in town right here. And, and wait a minute, Billy, you don't even know. Marty, where are you going next Saturday? And two Saturdays, I'm going to Pittsburgh to watch the Penguins and the Capitals play. He's going to Pittsburgh. To do they do, Hold on. Are you not going to have any issues at the border, man, with your uh, past? I told him I don't know you. I've deleted all <laughs> contact information of you in case they go through my phone because i've watched security shows and they always pull up who'd you last talk to i'm blocking your name billy known associates eh yeah i'm not i'm not getting in here for your for your information joe i'll be looking for three songs at journey obviously it's don't stop believing it's the first one right i that'll probably be one of their last songs any way you want it will be another one that i'll be looking forward to and the third one will be Separate ways. Separate ways. Marty, what was Marty, what was your wedding song? Uh, my wedding song was uh was Celine Dion. Which one? You're gonna put me on the spot and I get in trouble here. I don't know the name of it. Oh doghouse. Oh man. Give us a first, man. You were there. What were you liquored up? You don't remember nothing? <laughs> I I remember everything about that that day. Yeah, for I'll tell you this, man. I met you what for a guy like you, man. You're the luckiest guy in the world, man. I'll tell you that. You better know that, and you better come up with that first verse, man, before we get out of here. <laughs> hey, there's uh, actually a couple. We went back between Brian Adams and Celine Dion. Nice, nice. Good for you, buds. All right. So as we close it out here, Gil, tell everybody how they could get a hold of you, and tell everybody. Uh, uh, what your show J11 Fitrospective is all about. Yeah, you can get a hold of me at J11 Fitrospective. It's all about um, wellness, holistic wellness, and how you can basically be the best version of yourself and live your best life. All right, check it out. Uh, here on the fired up not so Gil, what you're saying what you're saying is you teach people how to be like the greek yes yeah something like that <laughs> yeah all right and and how's that working out for you greek absolutely terrible man i need to take i need to i need to go man after to a full-time a full-time seminar at Gil university man a yeah. full, a full time all right Billy, tell everybody how they could get a hold of you and uh, what can they expect Monday on Facebook Live. Here's what they can expect from me. <laughs> Unfortunately, man, I got to change my ways. I'm a terrible human being. Here's what they can expect from me. That in about five minutes after we get off, I'm going to light another cigarette, take this guy for a walk, and uh, I probably won't scoop. How's that? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not that. That's that's a vision nobody wanted to see. Put it that way. And by the way, I'll give you I'll give you five minutes because then we'll do the the uh, Oscars, the Oscars. Pre -show, uh, Oscars pre show where I'll invite Billy. What's the, what's the over under this year on a, a a slap? Oh well, I'm slapping Billy in five minutes into this, so it doesn't matter. The, uh, over under five minutes. All right, go ahead, Marty. Tell everybody how they could get a hold of you. And Marty, I know you missed the world-famous soccer show. Billy was even calling me about it. And we had uh, some issues with Carmen, who was driving in a snowstorm. So that's why we didn't do it. Car Hopefully Carmen seems to always on. be driving when the shows come on. He knows it's the same time every week, yet he's in the car at the time he's supposed to be on the show. I think yeah, we well, better have a talk with Carmen. Yeah, well, no, he, he's the headmaster coach of York University men and ladies soccer. He's got a lot of – and he has requested that you come on to talk about soccer. 
Marty, oh, come and on, I, we'll I, I told them all day. I, I told them, I, Billy, listen to this. I told hey, Carmen, hold on. Oh, have you guys ever have you guys ever noticed that Nolan Arenado's uh, a stunt double for Austin Matthews? Those guys yeah. look identical, eh? And God, is he the best third baseman man there ever was defensively, man? What a beauty! Anyways, go on. M Marty wants to be on the soccer show. Nobody knows. I, I used to be Drew Ebanks, but nobody knows better about balls and kicking them than Marty Roberts, right? Or breaking yeah. them. He knows how to break them too. I know how to break them. And Joseph's lucky he's there because I would have kicked him in his. <laughs> I'm not. I got my new <laughs> security guard here. He'll tell you handle this one. All right. Unfortunately, he's up ahead. here with me in the north. <laughs> go ahead, tell everybody how they could get a hold of you. Oh, Lefty Twenty Two at Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can follow me there. And here's the song just for you, Joseph. My wedding song. <laughs> Billy's, Billy's dancing towards this. All right. There you go. That was my wedding song. Hold on. I'm with, you know what? Yeah, yeah I, I was summoning the courage to deliver four <laughs> verses and you ruined it, man. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I, I heard you that. want me to sing, man? I got to get in a, some kind of rhythm first, man. You just can't. Oh, yeah. Yo, we just can't sing, man. You got to feel it, baby, first. And this right, guy did. No, no, man. Moment's gone, brother. You destroyed that <laughs> moment too, along with about a thousand others in my life. <laughs> All right. So uh, stay tuned for more great programming here on the Fired Up Network, and don't forget to check out uh, Gil's show, J11 Retrospective, here on the Fired Up Network, and Billy's show Mondays at seven on Facebook with Norm Rumack, who sings this song. Play it for Norm Rumack. Go ahead. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Celine Dion. Yeah, I remember that. Billy, did you ever go to Las Vegas to watch Celine Dion's show? Yeah, in 1976, I watched it. Don't forget that. All right. You're going to play that song now, Marty, or what? <laughs>